time for your Saturday morning coffee with Reese Boyd. So wake me up and Reese Boyd is on right now. Talk 94.5. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 7.08 on your Saturday morning. Thanks for joining us here on The Big Show. I am, of course, Reese Boyd, local attorney here in town with the firm of Davis and Boyd, attorneys at law. I'm, I'm your host for Saturday Morning Coffee. Welcome, and uh, thanks for joining us here on the program on this lovely, interesting weather Saturday morning here along the Grand Strand. At Saturday Morning Coffee, we invite you to sit down, pour yourself a cup of your favorite coffee. Join us as we talk about the news, current events, all the things happening in the world that we think you need to know. Here at Saturday Morning Coffee, we're all about limited government, lower taxes, all the things that mean more freedom, more freedom for you, more freedom for me, more freedom for all of us who are we the people. We have got a country to save, folks. It's being uh, challenged, threatened, and uh, harassed every single day. It's ours to save. We have to save it, and it starts right here, right here in the studio, right here there wherever you are listening to the sound of my voice whether that's in your home your kitchen your car your workplace wherever you may be we do have a country to save folks and it is up to us to save it and uh, so if you got a cup of coffee we do invite you to settle in and uh, join us as we get your day going joined here in the studio as always by Dr. Glenn <laughs> Dye. Dr. Dye, you got some technical problems yeah, the, on that uh, side of the glass. The this computer morning. has frozen up. Uh, this uh, is the second time as we started the show. It is frozen. And um, I'm debating on whether or not to reboot it right now because. Let's <laughs> do a hard reboot. That's yeah. like that's like rebooting the space shuttle when you're on the launch pad, you know? And, and I just wonder if it will take us off the air. It will if we were satellite feed, but. Yeah. You and I talking. I'm not sure that it would take us. We're live. And, we're live and in charge. So you, you're. Uh, it's you're, a gamble, man. I don't. I don't know what to do here. All right. Well, <laughs> we'll we're winging it, folks. A little low tech version of Saturday morning coffee here on your Saturday morning. It reminds me of a conversation I had with one of our uh, sponsors, Glenn Barry Norman. We're talking about building, uh, uh, Ford building cars without chips. Yes. And uh, hey, they'll give you a discount. And yeah, Those maybe heated seats won't work. That's okay. maybe we need to go back to things that don't have so many chips in them. Yeah. I mean, has anybody thought about that? No, nobody's thought about that. Could we even build a car that doesn't have any chips at all in yes, it? Yes, we could. I think I think that might be yeah. something to think about. I know a 66 Mustang that doesn't even have seatbelts. You know, I was I was thinking that that very thing, Glenn, I was driving down the road. Mm-hmm. This is a total rabbit trail, folks. I apologize. Driving down the road. There are, there are just a few things that will stop me. Uh, I have a soft spot for Jeeps, right. soft spot for Corvettes, right. a uh, few other things, but... I was driving down the road, and I have uh, been fancying this uh, late 70s CJ that's uh, for, for sale in the area. Mm. And, I, and it, it occurred to me, you know, I opened the hood on the thing, looking okay. at it. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you can actually work on this engine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you can, can actually get in here and yeah. tinker around and do things with it and, and kind of make it, make it better. Yep. 
And uh, I mean, you can go back to really 1986. I had a Subaru Brat last year. They made it a little pickup truck with the little seats in the back and the t tops. Yeah, it was a cool little truck. It was like driving a go kart. Oh yeah, like um, a like a motorized like a street legal go kart. I changed the water the pump on that vehicle myself three times. Oh yeah, while yeah. I owned it because I I had it for 22 years. Yeah, um, and then uh, also. Uh, the anti-backfire valves, I was able to do that too. So those type of cars you can work on. Today's cars, there's no way you and I could work on. Oh, yeah. Well, they once upon a time, cars, in, in when I was a kid, cars were, seemed like they were designed to be a little bit easier to maintain. Yeah. They actually encourage people to be able to tinker with them. Now they design them in a way that you wouldn't... Go to the dealer. Yeah, go to the dealer. <laughs> yeah. You got no business. Yeah. Did you open the hood on this car? Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, interesting times that we live in, and we're a chip-dependent uh, world. So what's the coffee uh, du jour? What's the café du jour aujourd'hui, uh, one, one Nation, baby. One Nation. I told you, I am— I am All about— This is my Saturday morning coffee, One Nation. The mother of all the blends. The mother of all blends, And yes. it's treating you well? It's treating me very well. Uh, speaking of which, Glenn, I'm reminded we owe our listeners an apology, it okay. seems. You know, last week— we were a repeat. I had some family stuff come up. I had to be out of the studio. So we were a repeat last week. And I was kind of tied up. I wasn't even really listening to the show. And it was a best of. And sometime Saturday, I realized I was getting a lot of emails on the Saturday Morning Coffee <laughs> channel. Oh, for the, the Jimmy Buffett tickets. Yes. I'm, all these people are emailing me going, I want the Jimmy Buffett tickets. And I'm like, what are these people emailing me about Jimmy Buffett tickets for? I mean, why are they asking me for? I got that was less than a month. That was about a month ago. Yeah, and then and then it yeah. dawned on me. I'm like, oh my gosh, Glenn did a repeat today. Yep. yep. And there was a Jimmy Buffett giveaway at one point. We must have repeat the Jimmy Buffett giveaway. Well, <laughs> folks, I'm sorry. The Jimmy Buffett giveaway. I've written those kind folks back, but I guess we do owe you an apology. The Jimmy Buffett giveaway was not live. The concert was not last weekend. It was a few weeks ago. Well, yeah. and at the beginning of the show, I was actually here, so I did the weather, and then yeah. I did the you know best of announcement and then i left and you let it <laughs> yeah, go yeah let it rip yeah yeah well anyway we had some folks who thought they were in the running for some jimmy buffett tickets and we do apologize but nonetheless uh, that's the the travails of uh repeat shows sometimes you know what's in there and sometimes you uh, forget but in, in any event uh, we invite you guys to join us this is a live show we're here in the studio this morning it is your saturday morning live Saturday morning coffee, and uh, you can join the show. 843-903-2945 is the call-in line. We invite your comments. invite you to give us uh, some thoughts about what's on your mind this morning, what you think about uh, uh, your president having cancer, COVID, and what's he going to announce today, I wonder? What'll I don't be know. What will be the uh, disaster du jour for the Biden administration? I don't know. Uh, text line, of course, always uh, welcome to text us your comments to the Mobile Outfitters text line. That number is 843-798-TALK. That's 843-798-8255. You can tweet your comments to the show. At Reese Boyd is the Twitter handle. And uh, if you, by the way, follow at Reese Boyd on Twitter, you get an automatic update every time a new episode of Saturday Morning Coffee is posted to the uh, to the podcast page you can email your comments to us uh, always enjoy getting show tips topic suggestions questions we've got some questions in the mailbag we'll try to get to one or two of those uh, today we might have time for that the email address for the show is reeseboydsmc at gmail.com reeseboydsmc at gmail.com and of course many of you 
aren't necessarily in the talking mood this hour on a Saturday morning, but you like to talk. So some of you call me during normal business hours during the day job. That's Monday through Friday during normal business hours at the offices of Davis and Boyd. The number there, of course, 843-839-9800. Always love to hear from you guys, whether you're talking about uh, questions about the show suggestions, comments, or whether we can help you with uh, your individual or business legal needs. We always love to hear from you at Davis and Boyd. Um, By the way, things are going well at Davis and Boyd. Since we're going to start spooling up some some live reads into the show, let me just say we've uh, uh, been uh, very busy lately. Appreciate everybody calling in that uh, we're experiencing a lot of uh, uh, new client referrals, so we appreciate that. If there's anything we can help you all with at Davis and Boyd, let us know. We don't really do criminal uh, work. We don't really do family work. But other than that, um, auto accidents, personal injury, business litigation, business disputes, uh, any kind of civil litigation, estate planning, estate litigation. You know, you plan an estate, then sometimes it doesn't always go well when you uh, try to execute. Sometimes there are disagreements, estate litigation, probate litigation, will and trust litigation, all that stuff. We handle estate planning, of course, Medicaid planning. My partner specializes in Medicaid planning. So if we can help you with any of your business or personal legal needs, about the only thing we don't do are family law matters and criminal law matters. Other than that, we're happy to help you. Davis and Boyd, 843-839-9800. We'd love to hear from you. Just thinking if you had a uh, family of criminals, they shouldn't call you. Yeah, family of criminals <laughs> that are interested in divorcing. We, we There's not a lot that we're going to be able uh, to do for you. But other than that, uh, the fine folks at uh, Davis and Boyd, and we do have some fine folks who are uh, working for us there. We really, uh, we've got a good team and we'd love to help you. But uh, invite you guys to uh, join the show and share your comments with us. Some of you already checking in on the PC rxcomputers.com text line. I see Andy Thompson checking in. Albert checking in this morning. Uh, Jeff, the guitar builder, checking in. Good morning, guys. Good to hear from you on this Saturday morning. I want to remind you guys also that Saturday Morning Coffee is available as a podcast as well. If you happen to miss the show, you can always check out the podcast page on the WTKN website. That's talk945.com. Scroll down to podcast or Wherever you get your podcast, if you'll search for Saturday Morning Coffee and look for the familiar blue and red coffee cup logo and click Listen Now, or even better, click click, click Subscribe, you can catch up on whatever Saturday Morning Coffee episodes uh, you might have missed. we got a, a great show coming up for you today. A lot to talk about, a lot going on in the world, a lot happening with this president. Not any of it good. Um, got some stuff from the Supreme Court Uh, We want to talk about, we're going to be talking a little bit later in the show to a member of the South Carolina Senate, Senator Josh Kimbrell. Josh is going to be joining us to talk about some of the things he's been working on in a post-Roe world and how the General Assembly is going to be working uh, in light of the Supreme Court's decision in Dobbs to fashion a way forward for South Carolina and what we're going to be doing here in this state in a a post-Roe world. We're also going to be talking to Bill Brennan. Uh, Bill is with Resilient uh, Technologies, and Bill is actually a listener of the program. I actually met him uh, in person at uh, Liz's birthday party this week. Abuelos. Abuelos. Mm -hmm. That was a fun time. That was a great time. Good to see you there. It was hot, though, wasn't it, baby? Oh, it was was super hot. And uh, I noticed Jacob, uh, the intern, Jacob, the ex-intern, has entered the building, and Jacob was also there. It was a good time, good crowd. The food was good. The birthday cake was awesome. And we had a great time celebrating the Queen's birthday. I think that was 53 for her. Yeah. 
So I shouldn't say the number. I know that's not polite in certain circles. My birthday was two weeks ago, and I got peanut brittle from the boss. You got peanut yeah, brittle. But yesterday I got The Power of Radio, a book from uh, Dr. Robin Causey. That was well, good. That was really a nice gift. Awesome. Very, very good. Happy birthday again to yeah. you. We we celebrated your birthday on air, and uh, but happy birthday Woo-hoo. again. Happy birthday to the queen. And by the way, I thought about you this week. It's, of course, the anniversary of the moon landing. Yeah. And uh, you being one of the few people I know named after astronauts, yeah. I thought uh, we'd, 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 we, may, we may talk a little bit yeah. more about that. I had a, had a thought, but a lot to talk about. I always say I, I, I was named after two astronauts, but I would have definitely thrown up in my helmet. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would have made it. Now, listen, uh, we, we do have technical difficulties. I know, I know you. We've been doing this for three years, so yeah. I know when we're ready to go to commercial. Unfortunately, I can't pay any, play any commercials right now. I need so to, what are we going to do? I need to reboot this computer. So... Can we talk about Steve Bannon real quick? Because I have a clip from Tucker Carlson I can play from the other computer while I'm rebooting the other. Let's computer. talk about Steve Bannon. Yeah, and, that was and on that the would, that was on the agenda. That will take up some time so that I can reboot that computer uh, and folks, hopefully not take us off air. Yeah, let's. Uh, we're going to do a little experiment here. We're going to skip forward to a segment, the uh, Steve Bannon segment. Of course, those of you may have heard Steve Bannon convicted. Uh, just a couple of days ago for a contempt of Congress. Folks, it's really astonishing. What exactly is contempt of Congress? It's an interesting question when Congress uh, creates a crime that you can go to jail for because you don't cooperate with their subpoenas where you contest the lawful nature of those subpoenas. But nonetheless, that's where we are, folks. And we've got a country where you apparently can uh, attempt assassination of a candidate for governor in the state of New York and get out of jail without a bond on the same day. But if you lie to Congress or don't cooperate with their overarching, overreaching, overly burdensome subpoenas, you can go to jail for 24 months to your local federal penitentiary. I'm not sure how that all sorts out. I'm not sure what that I'm not sure what that says about us as a society. Well, and it's on the same day that a man tried to attempt a a congressman running for yeah, re-election, just, yeah. yeah, and and he gets out with no. Lee bail. Zeldin, are you kidding? Running me? for governor in the me? state of New York, yeah, it could have killed him. Easily yeah. could have killed him yeah. if there weren't some bystanders close by, close at hand, who were very um, on alert mm-hmm. and and quick to respond. Yeah, Lee Zeldin might be dead, and that would have been an assassination. He gets yeah. out of jail the same day without even posting bond. Right. He gets out on personal recognizance. Right. And right. and Lee Zeldin said, you know, he'll probably be out of jail before the sundown, and he was correct. Mm-hmm. So yet Steve Bannon, who uh, allegedly has lied to Nancy Pelosi or failed to cooperate. Yeah, with he, Nancy just didn't Pelosi, co- he didn't come. He didn't answer yeah. their call. So he's in contempt. He goes to jail. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. For go, two years. Go, go figure. Now, he does have a lot of appeals. That'll oh, yeah, be, yeah. For sure. So, and, and we will play this clip from Tucker Carlson. Um, hopefully we'll stay on the air for this. And let's um, uh, let's roll the Bannon bean yeah. footage, folks. And, and if, we will be back if we're on the air. We'll be back. Steve Bannon is the former White House chief strategist. He's also the host of The War Room. And as we just told you, he's just been convicted of two crimes. Steve Bannon, thanks so much for coming on. I, you, know, you, you can't kind of help but notice that you were convicted of a crime, which is not actually a crime most of the time in Washington or ever, within the same 24-hour period as a guy who tried to murder a gubernatorial candidate in New York was released with no bail. What are we to make of these two events occurring the same day? Well, as you can tell, the Democrats are completely lawless. And look how they've run this committee. There's no ranking member. There's no minority counsel. It's not like the traditional hearings that have galvanized the nation in the past. And, Tucker, I think it's one of the reasons that it hasn't really had that big an impact. 
you know, when they, they interviewed the people on the trial, I think almost all the working class people didn't even know what was going on. Your show with people like Darren Beatty and Revolver and Raheem, you've done actually more original reporting on what we've got to get to the bottom to. Look, we need a commission or a committee on January 6th. It's got to be with the new Congress, with Republicans in charge, and we've got to get to the bottom of the intelligence failures, FBI involvement, DHS involvement, the intelligence services, what happened to the Pentagon and the, the National Guard, all of this. All, Ashley Babbitt, all of this, ha we have to get to the bottom of it. And people are going to get to the bottom of it, even to the fact of some of the testimony that was given by staffers uh, in, in my trial. You know, we wanted decision makers to come over and actually go on record uh, under oath and say exactly what happened here, and they wouldn't. Well, they, they hid behind a privilege of which they wouldn't allow, which they wouldn't allow me to. They, the, the, the judge, the time narrow cast this on the executive privilege issue. I, I mean, I've spent my whole life in Washington. I've seen a lot of acrimonious debates, but the idea you would send someone to prison because you don't like his political views, there's no allegation that you organized January 6th that were there, stormed the Capitol. I mean, this is fully insane. They don't like your politics. They hate your attitude, and they're trying to send you to jail. Did you think this? I didn't think this could happen. We'll start there. Did you think this could happen? A hundred percent, I think it happened. This is the, remember, these guys all thought they were going to change China and, and the Chinese Communist Party. They're taking on the aspects of the authoritarian state and state capitalism combined. This is the, the elites that run this country. This is exactly what, how they want to run it. Remember, Tucker, I'm not new to this. I, I've spent more than any Trump official in intense... Uh, you know, uh, being a witness in the Mueller Commission for, I think, 30 hours, uh, in the House Intelligence Committee, the Senate Intelligence Committee. I had Bill Burke. I had Alex Spiro. Here I had David Schoen. I had top lawyers. They wouldn't even let, my, they wouldn't even let it be that I could rely on the, uh, on the opinion of my lawyer. Here they took away every possible defense so somebody can have a defense of law. Okay, that's why didn't, we didn't even put on a defense. We just had a closing, had an opening argument and a closing argument. Tucker, this is where they're going. I mean, you documented better than anybody, but no. People have to understand, this is just one fight in an entire process, and that's why it's absolutely incumbent that Liz Cheney's defeated in a couple of weeks in Wyoming by the Republican Party and by conservatives and by MAGA. And then later, we've already got Kinzinger out. we got another member of the committee, I think, is already retired. we got to defeat Loria. But we must have a sweeping victory in the House. And then Republicans have to have the stones to put on a real hearing. And by the way, let the Democrats have a ranking member, let them have a counsel, and just get to it. If you look at what Darren Beatty's done on your show alone, it's outrageous what the public doesn't know about this. We, for the good of the system, this has to happen. But in the meantime... Excellent uh, comments from Steve Bannon, folks. And we've got some uh, technical issues resolved here on Saturday Morning Coffee. So after these words from our sponsors, we'll be right back to talk about some of the comments that Bannon shared with Tucker Carlson. I believe that was last night. So we'll uh, get to that right after these words from our sponsors. We'll be right back with more Saturday Morning Coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. Don't leave town. Saturday morning coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, and more coming up next on Talk 94.5. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, and we're talking today with Greg Sisson of the Greg Sisson Real Estate Team. Greg, there's a question that's on a lot of people's minds these days, and that is the question of a bubble or a crash. Is there a real estate bubble, and are you concerned about a possible crash in the market future? 
Boy, Reese, great question. And, you know, obviously we don't have a crystal ball, but people are thinking about the crash because they remember 08, 09. There's two big differences in 2022. Number one, people have a lot of equity in their homes across this country with appreciation we've seen. Number two, all those bad loans, anybody that didn't have a job or income got a loan in 2005, 6, 7, those loans have not existed for 10, 12 years. So I think the answer is no, but call me to talk about your situation. Reach Greg and the Greg Sisson team, EXP Realty, at 843-251-2693 or reach them online at gregsisson.com. It's Greg Sisson and the Greg Sisson team, your choice for real estate experts here along the Grand Strand. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee here on Talk 94.5. I'm also a practicing attorney with the firm of Davis and Boyd, Attorneys at Law. You can tune in to Talk 94.5 every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 for all the great conservative talk and content that you've come to expect on Saturday Morning Coffee. But for all of your personal and business legal needs, I hope that you will give us a call at Davis & Boyd to discuss how we can assist you. From business litigation, business consulting, estate planning, personal injury, including motor vehicle collisions, probate litigation, trust disputes, whatever your litigation or other legal needs may be, give us a call to see if our legal team of professionals at Davis & Boyd can assist you with those needs. Call me, Reese Boyd, at 843-839-9800 or reach us online at davisboydlaw.com. It's Davis and Boyd, attorneys at law, ready to be your choice for lawyers here on the Grand Strand. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour, two full hours on Talk 94.5. I don't believe it. Don't touch me. Hey, Ray. Hey, sugar, tell them who we are. Well, we're big rock singers. We got golden fingers, and we're loved everywhere we go. That sounds like us. We sing about beauty, and we sing about truth at $10,000 a show. Right. We take all kind of pills to give us all kind of thrills, but the thrill we never know. It's a thrill that'll get you when you get your picture on the cover of the Rolling Stone. Rolling Stone. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, back in the technological saddle here on Saturday Morning Coffee. A little reboot, and we're back up to speed. Love it when a plan comes together. Love it when a plan comes together. (laughs) Smooth as silk. Nothing finer. Uh, joined here in the studio, as always, by Dr. Dye. Dr. Dye, thanks for your hard efforts there on that side of the glass. I uh, wanted to uh, continue the discussion. We were playing just before the break a, a clip from Tucker Carlson where he was interviewing Steve Bannon. I believe that was last night, uh, right after the announcement that he had been, in fact, convicted. And, you know, it reminds me, Glenn, of a lot of things that have kind of popped into my mind. Uh, did you watch any of the January 6th proceedings this week? No. Yeah, good for you. Um it occurred to me as I, you know, you watch these hearings and you compare them to other hearings that we've seen in the past, other inquiries at the legislative uh, branch, inquiries into uh, things that happen like the space shuttle accident, the Columbia disaster, that sort of thing. You, you have a, a give and take. You see both sides of an issue. You see you Watergate, see, maybe. Yeah, Watergate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you see, <laughs> yeah, you see, you see both sides of an issue. You see minority counsel represented. You, you, it's sort of like a trial, right? Mm-hmm. You, you try to adhere to 
uh, generally accepted evidentiary standards in federal court. You present evidence that would otherwise be admissible in in a court of law. So you validate that evidence. You you try to uh, the the standards for hearsay and things of that nature are less stringent, certainly. Obviously, but you but you try <laughs> to create a. A, a, a basically a reliable informational record because you're talking about the legislative record. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in the case of a, a statute that's being um, implemented or being debated, you're talking about building the legislative record that courts are going to come back to and they're going to refer to and say, what was the legislature thinking when they enacted this particular provision? So it's a, it's serious business. Mm-hmm. And, and you watch these proceedings, and I'm telling you, I mean, th- these people, uh, Liz Cheney, uh, Adam Kinzinger, that crowd, they know they put the show back in show trial. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a show. That's all it is. It's not. It's not a trial. It is a show. They they have mastered the art of four TV production, and what they have is nothing more than a primetime soap opera, mm-hmm. a, a a show trial built for television with mystery witnesses. Yeah, with with witnesses that aren't even identified. Ding when, ding 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 ding. We ding, were. Ding. We were talking about that before the before we went on air. There are witnesses who they're telling you, "Oh, this is a credible witness." Yep. The witness isn't even identified. Yep. And and you're supposed to take them at face value. And real quick, Steve Bannon has been sentenced to two years in jail, yet he was not allowed to face his accusers. Yeah, as they Tucker did. said, yeah. he called them to come to the federal courthouse yeah. to appear at his trial. Yeah. And to allow him the const by the way the constitutionally clarified right to face his accusers and they declined, mm-hmm. they they claim privilege. He had nothing to do with January sixth. Nothing. And, he had been gone from the White House for three years. Nothing. Yeah, not, nothing. Not on the scene. No. Nothing. Nothing that he did had any impact, as far as I'm aware, mm-hmm. on what happened or didn't happen on January sixth. This is totally about ignoring a congressional subpoena, mm-hmm. and I'm telling y'all when you give the legislature the ability to put people in jail criminally for not adhering to a legislative subpoena we're in a place that we don't need to be we're in a bad bad place and so liz cheney can apparently uh, ignore a trial subpoena and nothing happens uh Steve Bannon ignores a legislative subpoena, and he apparently is going to go to jail. Now, like you said, he's got appeals, and I'm sure this is far from over. Oh, yeah, I'm sure, too. But but nonetheless, it's very, it's extremely disconcerting, the double standards. One of the things we wanted uh, to talk about today is all the double standards that we see in the justice system. It's becoming one of the things that this country rests upon one of the things one of the foundational pillars of our constitutional republic is this idea of equal treatment under the law and we see that being eroded time and time again and it's becoming more glaring more obvious that in in merrick garland's doj there are certain people whether we're talking about nancy pelosi's brother hunter biden uh, there's a whole list of people who are simply apparently above the law. Yep. They can do whatever they want. Other people can go to jail for looking sideways at, at Liz Cheney. And, and you can't live in a country that's not a country governed by the rule of law. That's a, that's a, that's a, that is a, 
oligarchy at best and a, and a dictatorship at worst. It, it, it's, it's not a free country. So that's a serious problem. And, and one of the things that I thought about, Glenn, as I was listening to the discussion, you know, in the Bannon trial, you know, one of the things that he, that he mentions in that interview with Tucker Carlson, they excluded his ability. I mean, they basically, and I didn't follow it on a day-to-day basis, mm-hmm. too, many, too, many, uh, too many notes, too many things going on in the world, too many, too many things happening at the law firm for me to, to follow everything fully on a day-to-day basis. But one of the things that he references, which apparently did occur, is they basically, through a series of pretrial motions, excluded his ability to raise basically every defense available to yes, him. Yes, he had no defense, so therefore he only had an opening and closing argument. I mean, that is categorically insane. Because I believe he realized that it's going to have to go above, you know, to the next appellate court. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really, um, you know, one of the things he talked about is he did the things that he did in terms of responding or not responding to the subpoena upon the advice of an attorney. Mm-hmm. And advice of counsel in these types of cases is a significant defense. I mean, they, we, we don't and expect that your average person who is not working in the, in the arena was not working in the legislature, not working in the legislative arena, not a politician, not a lawyer right. to know all the details of what is required of them when they receive a legislative subpoena. So you're supposed to be able to go get a lawyer, get legal advice and rely on the advice of that counsel. And whether, you know, you might be subsequently compelled to respond to a subpoena because the advice the lawyer gives you is determined to be bad advice. Okay. But you're not going to go to jail if you take the reasonable step of hiring a lawyer and relying on that reasonable lawyer's apparently reasonable advice. That's called a reliance on counsel defense. And it's supposed to keep you out of jail. It's one of the reasons you hire a lawyer. You don't want to go to jail. And so, they, they as you said, Glenn, they took all these defenses. They excluded the reliance of counsel defense. And so, the Steve Bannon trial consisted of an opening and a closing. There was no evidence presented and no defenses raised. Right. It, it, it's it, it, again, this is this is stuff. This is almost comical stuff that you you like to think only happens in a banana republic or the, or a movie. I mean, or a bad movie. <laughs> a bad yeah, movie. like a bad a movie. A B movie. A B yeah. movie. And yet here we are, and you've got Steve Bannon, uh, like you said, had nothing to do with January six, going to jail because he allegedly ignored a, uh, a legislative uh, subpoena from Liz Cheney. And, and the one comment that he said that I think we, I've got to, I know we've got to roll to a break. The one thing that he said that bears repeating, Glenn, and we have got to hold, you know, I'm hopeful that in November the Republicans are going to sweep. Yeah. We may not completely blow it out in the Senate, but I'm, I'm hopeful that we will sweep the House. I hope we just blow it out of the water. Yeah, and I, I'm, I believe that we'll have a, um, a, uh, a majority in both houses. Mm-hmm. I yep. do too, and, I, and I'm, we, we have to have that happen. Otherwise, yeah. we're done as a country. We are, we've already been, in just the past year and a half, we've been lowered to kind of like other countries this is not a third world country we are the leaders of the free world yeah yeah and 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 so we've got a you know i think we we're going to make real gains in november and when we do we've got to hold these republicans accountable 
Right. I mean, they've got to go up there, and as Steve Bannon said, they've got to have the stones to do a real January 6th inquiry. Mm-hmm. Give them a minority council. Give the Democrats a voice. Don't exclude them right. from the process as the Democrats have excluded Republicans from the process. Right. Uh, with the exception of a few turncoats who are effectively Democrats now. And preserve that evidence. Yeah. That this Preserve yeah. all that evidence. Yeah. Finally release all the information that should have been released a long time ago. And, and let's show the world, show the country, show the populace how a real... Uh, hearing is done and and have both sides presented but get to the bottom of the fbi involvement get to the bottom of whoever else was involved involved whatever agency it was get let's get to the bottom of all government involvement let's get to the bottom of why trump's request for additional uh, defenses troops etc support for capital security was ignored declined let's figure out all those things that happened that nobody has given a reasonable answer for yet the death of babbitt yeah let's look into all of those things but let's leave no stone unturned but let's do it the right way and they have to do that there's no that's not negotiable and we've got to hold them accountable and make them get that done so folks it's a uh Another fine episode of Saturday Morning Coffee well underway. Stick with us. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors. With more, I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. Don't leave town. Saturday Morning Coffee. Call the show at 843-903-2945. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour returns after these on Talk 94.5. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee. And we're talking today with Greg Sisson with the Greg Sisson Real Estate Team, your local experts here along the Grand Strand. And Greg, folks are asking a lot about these interest rates. Everybody knows that interest rates are climbing. What is that doing to the local real estate market here along the Grand Strand? That's a great question, Reese, because rates going from three to five is a big jump. And what's interesting is for a buyer, instead of five buyers for every house, now maybe there's three. So there's less competition for you as a buyer. And as a seller, we still have a one month supply of inventory. By definition, red hot market, just not the frenzy it was. But call me to talk about your situation. Reach Greg and the Greg Sisson team, EXP Realty, at 843-251-2693 or reach them online at gregsisson.com. It's Greg Sisson and the Greg Sisson team, your choice for real estate experts here along the Grand Strand. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee here on Talk 94.5. I'm also a practicing attorney with the firm of Davis and Boyd, Attorneys at Law. You can tune in to Talk 94.5 every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 for all the great conservative talk and content that you've come to expect on Saturday Morning Coffee. But for all of your personal and business legal needs, I hope that you will give us a call at Davis and Boyd to discuss how we can assist you from business litigation, business 
consulting, estate planning, personal injury, including motor vehicle collisions, probate litigation, trust disputes, whatever your litigation or other legal needs may be, give us a call to see if our legal team of professionals at Davis and Boyd can assist you with those needs. Call me, Reese Boyd, at 843-839-9800 or reach us online at davisboydlaw.com. It's Davis and Boyd, attorneys at law, ready to be your choice for lawyers here on the Grand Strand. Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. Two full hours on Talk 94.5. There ain't a thing in the world to take me back like a dark haired Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour 746 on your Saturday morning. Thanks for joining us here on the big show. A lot uh, going on in the world today. In just a few moments after the break, we're going to be joined here on the program by Senator Josh Kimbrell. Josh is a member of the South Carolina Senate. We're going to be talking about uh, various things happening in the uh, legislature and elsewhere in a post row world in a Dobbs world. I guess we need to start calling it the uh, the Dobbs world that we live in now. Now that Roe versus Wade is no longer the law of the land, a lot of, lot of things changing, a lot of moving parts. It is not as many in the press have asserted the Supreme Court taking away women's rights. The Supreme Court has merely said the Constitution doesn't speak to abortion and we're no longer going to make rules where there is no constitutional authority for doing so. So it takes the matter back where it should have been all along, back to the states. Because we don't want our courts making laws. No, that's that's called judicial dictatorship, Glenn. Mm-hmm. And it has been a problem for decades. And we finally have a Supreme Court that is uh, reining things in. We saw that again this week. Uh, this from the Epoch Times. Supreme Court blocks Biden administration policy narrowing detainment and deportation of illegal aliens. The Supreme Court gave Texas and Louisiana a temple, a temporary legal victory in the border state's attempts to strike down a September 2021 Biden administration immigration guideline. This is the one that's been many aspects of Biden's immigration policy uh, have been uh, and are being litigated uh, because of the havoc that Biden is uh, wreaking uh, down along the southern border in Texas, in Louisiana, in New Mexico and Arizona and elsewhere. The Supreme Court, in a ruling without explanation on Thursday, allowed a federal judge in Texas to block the Biden administration's immigration guideline that, according to the border state's prosecutors, limits the ability of border agents to detain and deport illegal aliens. The ruling is a political setback for the Biden administration as it tries to juggle an unprecedented surge in illegal immigration, overburdened immigration and customs enforcement agents, and an agenda to replace the Trump administration's more stringent border policies. 
dissenting justices include Amy Coney Barrett, Justice Sotomayor, Justice Elena Kagan, and Justice uh, Katanji Brown Jackson, marking Jackson's first vote since the start of her tenure uh, last month. So interesting uh, way the court broke down. It wasn't a, a solid vote, but nonetheless, Supreme Court has blocked the Biden administration's efforts uh, to narrow detainment and deportation of illegal aliens. And what we what we're seeing, folks, is the Supreme Court finally. You know, a couple of their cases. There was another immigration case. Uh, just a, a couple of weeks ago that actually went for the administration. But what you see in this Supreme court is a renewed uh, commitment to uh, limiting their authority, limiting their review to things where there are actual clear textual bases uh, for the court to act. And it is a more restrained view of the judiciary and it's what we need. I mean, frankly, um, you know, Pelosi is advancing just for a, an example based on recent uh, language from the Dobbs case and specifically Justice Thomas's uh, Justice Thomas's uh, dis, uh, concurring opinion about same-sex marriage and the uh, uh, other uh, substantive privacy cases that the court has handed down over the last few decades um, Nancy Pelosi and the and the house is now attempting to codify gay marriage as a matter of federal uh, law with the help of quite a few Republicans. They they did that in the House. So those things, if they want to, if you want to address that in the legislature, address them in the legislature. If there are votes to do certain things, we'll do them. But they shouldn't be imposed upon us by nine justices in the Supreme Court in Washington, D.C., none of whom any of us will ever have a chance to vote for. That's why you stick to the Constitution. That's called a, uh, a, a narrow view of judicial review. That's what the founders intended. Anything further that goes beyond that, where the judicial uh, branch starts making wide, sweeping policy decisions for this country, that's just judicial dictatorship, Glenn. That's, mm-hmm. you know, that's how you get uh, into the problems that we've had on, on Roe versus Wade and a lot of other. Uh, decisions. So we'll talk a little bit more perhaps about the uh, the, the gay marriage vote in the House. But uh, but yeah, what we see here is a Supreme Court that's finally beginning to rein itself in a little bit. And that's a good thing. I mean, it's uh, it's something that probably should have happened a long, long time ago, but it's finally happening uh, now. And that's a that's a, a, a very good thing. And we see that. I see that to be a continuing trend and you'll see more cases uh, hopefully where, where we see more fruit, uh, from that, by the way, a lot of you checking in on with comments on these, uh, issues on the PCRX mobile outfitters text line, uh, military, the climbers checking in, the military has been decimated, can't get enough people to fill the ranks. Uh, that is true. I'm wondering if a uh, top gun is going to be able to make up the uh, gap, but nonetheless, uh, the military having a hard time finding a, uh, enough people to fill its ranks. Jesse the Horseman checking in, banning convicted of two criminal misdemeanor charges. Yes, that is correct. But, the you know, they may be misdemeanors, uh, Jesse, but he can still go to jail uh, for two years unless something is uh, done on appeal. Uh, James from Motor, Mer- Myrtle <laughs> He's Beach funny. checking He's in. He's on fire this morning. Yeah, he is on fire. By the way, uh, he's got uh, a lot to go over here. Double standard justice system is a clown car in a dumpster fire floating, floating down. down the overflowing sewer. sewer. Absolutely, James. He also said that uh, ignorance is not a defense. By the way, James, yes, a bad lawyer is a defense. There is such a thing, particularly in certain cases like 
breaches of fiduciary duty, uh, things where legal advice often comes into play, figuring out what your duties are as a fiduciary or as a trustee or cases like that. Yeah, uh, reliance on counsel is a defense that is routinely used and is routinely used in many white collar criminal proceedings. It's a, it's a wide, widely used uh, uh, legal defense that, that defendants use all the time uh, when it's available to them. And, and many of uh, you know folks get a subpoena served upon them. They don't know what to do with it except to, to roll over. And rolling over is not always the call right answer. Lawyer. So you call a lawyer. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, in that instance, reliance on the lawyer's advice. Uh, should be a defense. Mel from the Reckless Rooster checking in. Good morning, Mel. We don't have you in the uh, list of deplorables. We'll have to get uh, you added to the system. Mel from the Reckless Rooster checking in. Andy Thompson checking in. Good morning, Andy. Good to uh, good to hear from you. He's got uh, some uh, apparently uh, Saturday morning coffee with a touch of 85 overdrive going this morning. Tax return Groundhog Day again and again. So uh, good morning, Andy. And RB the Courier checking in. Apparently a bad accident on Tournament Boulevard and 17. RB on his way to Charleston. So a lot of you checking in on the PCRXcomputers.com text line. The Mobile Outfitters Outfitters, text line this morning. Thanks for joining us here on Saturday Morning Coffee. A lot to uh, get to in the second hour of the show. As I mentioned, we're going to be talking to Senator Josh Kimbrell. Josh is going to be talking with us about what's going on at the Statehouse and other uh, areas of discussion uh, in the in the pros world, row world, how we're going to move forward under the Dobbs case and a new order uh, dealing with uh, pro-life issues in the Statehouse and elsewhere. Also, we're going to be talking to Bill Brennan, uh, who is going to be talking with us about uh, climate science and just the general lack of scientific integrity that exists in the world today. I think that's a huge issue, folks. It has occurred to me, and I wanted one of the issues that I had on the uh, plate this morning to talk about, some of the comments that are coming out in the uh, virus, uh, the vaccine uh, mandates and the discussion of the mandates and how the vaccines are working or not working. It's becoming uh, very apparent if you look at the data, that the vaccines simply are not that effective. Wow. Uh, they're not keeping people from getting sick, and they're not really reducing the, uh, the, the, the significance of infection when people do get sick. Look at our own president. He's yeah. been vaxxed and boosted how many times? He's been double, va- double vaxxed double and vaxxed, double boosted. Double boosted. But, but they, they, you know, in the beginning, they had told us that this will stop you from it. Dr. Fauci actually told us this will stop you from getting the virus. Then they found out uh, we were wrong. It will not stop you from getting the virus. So the, the president know. himself said many times, "This is a this is a pandemic of the unvaxxed." Exactly, exactly. And we're finding out that that was not true. But you know, a lot of people will defend Fauci and defend the president by saying it's a learning curve. You didn't know everything you know when now when you were twenty one because you hadn't experienced yet. That yeah, is it, it was argument, it was a learning curve, Glenn. But let's recall that they forced people to lose <laughs> that, their They jobs. learned by experimenting on people. Mm-hmm. They forced people to be their guinea pigs. That was how they climbed the learning curve. Mm-hmm. Was forcing Americans under threat of losing their job, many of whom did lose their jobs, uh, to take a vaccine that was experimental and now has clearly been mis- misrepresented to us. Mm-hmm. It's clearly not as as efficacious as it was 
represented to us on many occasions. Mm -hmm. It is not a pandemic of the unvaxxed. It has not made it uh, all the more unlikely. You know, the purpose of a vaccine in the past has always been to prevent one from getting sick. Mm -hmm. And we've generally known throughout our history that natural immunity was better than vaccine Hit that immunity. bell, because yeah. Dr. Fauci said that back in 2014. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, and that was fast forward. Always. Fast, fast forward to 20, 2020, and they rewrite all of those rules that right. all of us have known for the entirety of our lives. No, a vaccine doesn't prevent you from getting sick. We, we've got a new definition here. Mm-hmm. It helps you be less sick when you do get sick. Mm-hmm. That's not what you and I have known as a vaccine, but that's the definition they tried to sell us. So they've misrepresented these vaccines to us again and again. And and the science is finally, the, the one thing we love to say on the show is facts are stubborn things. Mm-hmm. And the facts are ultimately bearing out that what these people have done to us, including the president and certainly Dr. Fauci, are lied to us again and again. And, and not only that, not only have they lied to us, Glenn, but they forced, they forced Americans to be guinea pigs and take an experimental emergency use authorization vaccine when they really had not a clue right. what the ultimate results were going to be. Right, and now they're putting it into chil- little, little children, you know, small yeah. children. Yes. And, you know, I know they were talking about how excited some parents were to get their kids vaccinated. I have not met one of those parents yet. Um, it, it's very scary what's going on. And quite honestly, when is the last time you heard about herd immunity uh yeah uh no it's been like over a year since we've heard a year and a half i believe so uh a few things to talk about there we'll get to that in the second hour a lot more to come here on saturday morning coffee it really is i think history uh glenn will probably record this as the worst public health response to a public health challenge in perhaps all of human history well it's been other other than delivering the vaccine in a expedited time because Donald Trump was in office. Just saying. Well, you know, we'll uh, we'll get to that in the second hour, folks. It's Saturday morning coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. Stick with us. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. Don't leave town. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday morning coffee here on Talk ninety four point five. I'm also a practicing attorney with the firm of Davis and Boyd Attorneys at Law. You can tune in to Talk ninety four point five every Saturday morning from seven to nine for all the great conservative talk and content that you've come to expect on Saturday morning coffee. But for all of your personal and business legal needs, I hope that you will give us a call at Davis and Boyd to discuss how we can assist you from business litigation, business consulting, estate planning, personal injury, including motor vehicle collisions, probate litigation, trust disputes, whatever your litigation or other legal needs may be, give us a call to see if our legal team of professionals at Davis and Boyd can assist you with those needs. Call me, Reese Boyd, at 843-839-9800 or reach us online at davisboydlaw.com. It's Davis and Boyd, attorneys at law, ready to be your choice for lawyers here on the Grand Street. Broadcasting from the Tide Law Studios, this is Talk 94.5. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee. And we're talking today with Greg Sisson of the Greg Sisson Real Estate Team. Greg, there's a question that's on a lot of people's minds these days, and that is the question of a bubble or a crash. Is there a real estate bubble, and are you concerned about a possible crash in the market future? 
Boy, Reese, great question. And, you know, obviously we don't have a crystal ball, but people are thinking about the crash because they remember 08, 09. There's two big differences in 2022. Number one, people have a lot of equity in their homes across this country with appreciation we've seen. Number two, all those bad loans, anybody that didn't have a job or income got a loan in 2005, 6, 7, those loans have not existed for 10, 12 years. So I think the answer is no, but call me to talk about your situation. Reach Greg and the Greg Sisson team, EXP Realty at 843-251-2693 or reach them online at gregsisson.com. It's Greg Sisson and the Greg Sisson team, your choice for real estate experts here along the Grand Strand. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in our programming belong solely to the announcer and not necessarily to the host's employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. Listen with caution. WTKN Talk 94.5. Saturday morning coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 8.07 on your Saturday morning. You've made it to the bonus second cup hour of Saturday Morning Coffee. I hope that second cup is treating you just as well as the uh, first cup. Uh, By the way, I want to let you guys know we have been, as Glenn and I talked about at the beginning of the uh, show, been drinking here on the program some One Nation coffee provided to us by the fine folks over at One Nation Coffee. That is a South Carolina product brewed, or or I should say roasted, here in South Carolina, uh, sourced from all over the world, but uh, roasted right here in uh, the low country of South Carolina. And every coffee uh, order that you place with One Nation Coffee also benefits the One Nation Foundation. So if you go to onenationcoffee.com, I'm drinking some One Nation coffee right now. A little bit later in the program, we're going to be giving away some uh, One Nation coffee. But if you go to onenationcoffee.com to order uh, any of their fine select roast, you can uh, enter the promo code Saturday Morning Coffee. You get a 10% discount on your order. So make sure you do that. Make sure you let them know you heard about them here on Saturday Morning Coffee. And as I said a little bit later in the program, we're going to be giving away some fine One Nation coffee. And I tell you, I'm, Glenn, I'm, I'm drinking the Reveille blend this morning. Mm-hmm. It, it will wake you up. It yeah, is, it is I, outstanding. Because of the pea berry. Yeah. Well, yeah. Tanzania. We learned about pea berry and the caffeine. Um, I'm drinking the mother of all blends from One Nation Coffee this morning. Excellent. It is my Saturday morning go-to coffee. Yeah. Tanzanian Peaberry. And the Excellent. fact that you have a promo code and nobody else in this radio station has a promo code. We got our code. own promo code. I'm dude. just saying there, We're Reese. Good. You're at the We're top rolling. of the heat, baby. We're rolling. So make sure you support the fine folks at One Nation Coffee who are supporting this show and also providing you some fine coffee to win and drink. It is good stuff. I promise you won't be disappointed. Right now, I've got a couple of special guests hanging on the line. We're actually going to get to Josh Kimbrell, who is uh, going to be joining us in just a couple of minutes, but we had 
a somewhat unexpected phone call from Drew McKissick. Drew is the chairman of the South Carolina Republican Party. We had talked about uh, Drew coming on possibly today, and that was kind of up in the air, but he's going to join us here for a few minutes here on Saturday Morning Coffee. So, Drew, welcome. Welcome to the show. Good morning, sir. How are you? We're doing ex- actually we're doing very well. I hope you're uh, I hope you're doing well this morning. I believe you're you're traveling this weekend. Uh, well, we spent some time uh, in Augusta with the wife's family, and, uh, uh, and coming back, and now facing the honeydew list today. I understand so, you know how it is. <laughs> well, uh, we appreciate you taking a little bit of your Saturday morning to join us uh, here on the show. Drew, just wanted to give you a chance to uh, chime in with whatever's on your mind. I do have a couple of questions, but what's uh, what's new with the South Carolina Republican Party? What are you guys uh, What are you guys uh, working on today? Oh uh, well, I mean, a lot of stuff right now. Obviously, we've got uh, we're putting together our victory campaign for the coming uh, election here uh, here this fall. Uh, the biggest news uh, this coming uh, Friday uh, is our annual Silver Elephant Gala. Uh, the uh, sitting uh, GOP minority leader, soon to be uh, Republican Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, is going to be our featured speaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, it is—it's um, uh, always the biggest uh, event that we have for the party every year. Anywhere from 900 to 1,000 people in Columbia at the convention center. Uh, and you know, it's, our Elephant Club has grown to the point where this is a what we call a members-only affair. Uh, but in terms of RSVPs, I think we have about 50 spots left, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and if anyone is interested, uh, if you want to become an Elephant Club member, you can go to scgop.com, uh, find the Elephant Club link, and that entitles you to RSVP for a ticket to the dinner, which will be, again, this coming Friday night. So we're looking forward to that. Excellent. I highly recommend it. I've been a member of the Elephant Club for many years, and we're looking forward to joining you guys. So we look forward to seeing you there. And I'm sure I'm sure Kevin will have some interesting things to share with us. Mr. Congressman McCarthy will have some interesting things to share. Let me ask you this question, Drew. You probably hadn't heard, but we were talking earlier about this this uh, Lynn Cheney's ability. They, They can really put the show back in show trial and uh, this January 6th proceeding has just been yeah. a made-for-TV soap soap operatic disaster. Um, sure. One of the things I, I caught Bannon, I heard Bannon say on Tucker Carlson last night is, when Republicans take control of the House, which, ring a bell, I am right. I am confident right. we will, um, are we going to put on, I think Republicans should put on, and show the world how a real, factual, legally sound inquiry into the hot mess that was January 6th is done. Do you agree? Uh, yes, and they are already talking about that. So uh, there was an article this past week uh, talking about how McCarthy and the various you know, ranking members, potential incoming chairman of the various committees are basically, for lack of a better way to put it, divvying up subjects uh, that they will be doing investigations on in terms of uh, you know, exercising the House's oversight you know, uh, prerogatives mm-hmm. over the executive branch. Uh, and, of course, one of the items that they're looking at coming in and doing oversight over is this January 6th committee process uh, and how it was organized and how things have been done and what has been left out and uh, how things have been, uh, let's politely say, one-sided. Yeah. Uh, all of that is going to be gone over. I don't know if they have decided yet which particular committee is going to have jurisdiction over that, but uh, you know, you'll have everything from that to uh, you know the the Hunter Biden laptop business and what the Justice Department has or has not yet done uh, with everything that 
was there, is there, and that has been ignored, you know, for the last several years. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's a long menu of things that they're going to be exercising their prerogatives over, no doubt about it. Yeah. I, I can really think of no better uh, low-hanging fruit. I mean, it's, it's just hanging yeah. right there over the plate uh, <laughs> than to show the world that Republicans are the, the, the party that stands for the rule of law by showing the world how a legally sound and, and fair. I mean, the, I, yeah. the Democrats sure. should have a minority council. Let them let them uh, be there and be heard. Don't make it a the one sided show trial yeah. that Kinziger and Cheney and, and that crowd have uh, have well, created, and, well, uh, and 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 show the world how it's done. But get to the bottom of these very real issues. Yeah. You know. Well, and what you're seeing in, in this this case now really is just political performance art. I guess to, to use a phrase there, that's what it is. Uh, and you know, uh, I mean, if you were Democrats right now. With the track record that you have, the economy that you have, the poll numbers that you have, uh, failure after failure in this administration so far, uh, what would you do? Yeah. You'd want to change the subject. Like, yeah. Let's talk about something else. Yeah, you're absolutely anything, right. Yeah. You know, other than the economy. I mean, you know, we're living through an episode of uh, like a 1970s version of Back to the Future right now. You know, the happiest Democrat in America is Jimmy Carter. He's lived long enough to be a Democrat <laughs> president worse than he was. <laughs> He's been. Uh, he's finally you know. been vindicated. He's finally been vindicated. <laughs> I mean, the you know the polling, uh, the inflation numbers this week, uh, core, uh, the uh, uh, consumer price index number uh, was up nine point one percent year over year for the last twelve months. Two days later, they announced that the producer price index was up eleven point three percent. Now, you and I both know, Reed. We went to school and at least paid attention enough to know when producers start paying more for stuff. Eventually, the consumers are going to pay more. For oh, stuff, absolutely. Right? We're at the bottom yeah. of the food chain, yeah. which means we can count on consumer prices going up again next month and the month following because producers are now paying more. Uh, so th- this cake is baked all the way through to November. There's nothing else they can hang their hat on to try to turn this thing around. Uh, it's why you Democrat candidates in the state of Ohio have been telling Biden, stay away, don't come. <laughs> we, we don't want you here. Yeah. Uh, and you know, if you remember a year ago, we were told by Joe Biden that inflation was quote transitory. You yeah. remember that? Right? Oh yeah. <laughs> Janet Yellen. If this is the definition of transitory brother, I don't, I don't want to know what the definition of inflation is. <laughs> exactly. And, and I think as bad as those numbers are, Drew, they understate the impact that folks are actually feeling when you consider they, things like 64 percent gasoline uh, uh, price increases, things that people are feeling at the at, at various other points that impact them greatly. It's yeah. it's it's actually those numbers understate what what families are actually dealing with. Well, there was, uh, I think it was a CNN poll, but don't hold me to that. It was one of the major polls that came out about a week ago. Just ask people generally, what's the most important issue to you right now that's going to determine how you vote in November? The top four answers to that poll uh, were inflation, jobs, uh, gas prices, uh, and um, uh, well, basically supply chain issues. So yeah. it was all economically related. Yeah. And, and when you total up those four answers, you were talking about 65% of the people who responded to the poll. Oh, yeah. That is just death for Democrats this fall. Yep. Well, Drew, we will look forward to seeing you in Columbia on Friday. Tell folks again how they can uh, log on and, and join the, the Silver Elephant Club yep. or the Golden Elephant Club if they like yes, and, and, and line themselves up to, to join us on Friday if they want to. SCGOP.com, SCGOP.com, look for the Elephant Club tab, you know, pick the level that uh, fits, works for you, one ticket, two tickets. Love to see you there this coming Friday. 
Very good. Thanks, Drew. Always great to hear from you. Dial in anytime, folks. It's Drew McKissick, chairman of the South Carolina Republican Party. Drew, we'll look forward to seeing you soon. Absolutely. Thanks. Thanks so much. Take care. Folks, that's uh, Drew McKissick. And right after these words from our sponsors, we're going to be joined here on the show by South Carolina Senator Josh Kimbrell, as I mentioned earlier. So stick with us. We'll be right back with uh, Josh and more Saturday morning coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. Don't leave town. Local news and more. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. More Reese means more coffee. Coming up next on Talk 94.5. You're listening to the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. Saturday morning coffee on Talk 94.5. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee. Uh, My baby's gone away. Little John Hyatt for you here on your Saturday morning. Thanks for sticking with us here on the show. By the way, Art uh, Ruffalicious checking in with some very funny memes this morning. Art, you're out. You're in pure rare form this morning. He's uh, sent us a meme that includes a photo of the president, uh, Joe Biden, and his son, Hunter. It's sort of uh, they're looking at each other. And at the bottom, it says, as I hung up the phone, it occurred to me, He'd grown up just like me. My boy was just like me. Little Cat Stevens, Cats in the Cradle. That is an excellent meme, Art. Very good, very good. Uh, Right now, we're joined here on the show by our next guest, Senator Josh Kimbrell. Uh, Josh is a member of the South Carolina General Assembly, the State Senate, and he's joining us here on the program. He's a frequent guest and contributor to the program. He's been uh, traveling, doing a little bit of traveling and a little bit of uh, conference attending lately. Wanted to talk with us about uh, where we are in terms of uh, a post-Row world, what's going on in um, in his uh, world, and what may be happening in the General Assembly. So, Josh, welcome. Welcome to the show. Well, good morning, Reese. Good to be with you. I keep hearing all this One Nation coffee. That's, that's better, but I'm having to – I'm sipping some Cuban coffee down in Fort Lauderdale this morning. So I'm in Florida to – attend an event with Ron DeSantis in a little bit. So, uh, yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting good coffee, but it's not One Nation. Yeah, well, you'll, you'll, we'll have to send you some uh, One Nation coffee, Josh. Yeah, I promise you, if you try it, you will not regret it. It is, uh, it's good stuff. And, uh, and right after we, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, folks, let's go ahead and uh, take a little bit of your time, Josh. We're going to give away a little One Nation coffee. I got a, I got a, uh, you mind if we do that, Josh? No, go we, for it. Go we, for it. We've got a, uh, we've got a, a, a prize pack here in the studio that uh, includes a Saturday morning coffee coffee mug and a and a, a sample pack of One Nation coffee, your choice. So I've got a got a trivia question for our listeners here on Saturday morning coffee. I uh, wanted to uh, let's see which one are we going to use here today. Let's use this one. A leading figure of the founding era, one of the founding fathers, had the unique opportunity of drafting 
all, all of the following documents. The first inaugural address, the reply from the House of Representatives, and the president's response to the House. One individual drafted all three of those documents. Was it A, Thomas Jefferson, B, James Madison, C, Alexander Hamilton, or D, Benjamin Franklin? If you think you know the answer, text it to the uh, PCRX Mobile Outfitters text line. And we'll be glad to uh, to uh, give the uh, prize pack to the first correct I answer. Senator, I guess the senator's excluded from answering that because I know the answer to that. But I, I, I would imagine you do. I, I was going to see if you knew the answer. We'll let, we'll uh, we'll let give you a chance to answer as soon as we get a, a, a response or two on the PCRX Mobile Outfitters text line, uh, Josh. As a matter of fact, we've already got uh, yes, we've got our first answer, Brenda. You are correct, Josh. What is the right answer? Uh, Alexander Hamilton. Actually, no, that is incorrect. Oh, then I'm wrong. The okay, correct wrong. answer is James Madison. James Madison uh, drafted the first inaugural address. The reply uh, from the House of Representatives to that you know, inaugural I address. Known. I should have not because I knew Madison. So Madison, uh, yeah, I'm thinking about Hamilton was, of course, the adjutant general to Washington. He wrote most of his general orders. Yeah. And uh, so that, yeah, okay, you're right. Because the Madison, of course, the father of the Constitution, yep. as they called him, who... Uh, Probably the single most influential American uh, and the constitutional system we live in today that everybody, but he, uh, yeah, he was, oh, he yeah. didn't get enough credit for it. Didn't it, get enough credit. Did not. Everybody should go back and read the Federalist Papers attributed to Madison. If you don't read anything else from the founding era, read those. He, he was brilliant. And uh, oh my goodness, if we could just adhere to his vision for what a constitutional republic uh, should be and, and should have been. Josh, we would be we would we would be fine. I have probably I have probably quoted Federalist number fifty one on the floor of the Senate more than any other document I've quoted because of course that was Madison and my in my view Madison's best paper of the Federalist Papers, the smartest, uh, most concise treatise on what it means to have a uh, self government. Yeah, and, and anybody who argues that the country is not Judeo-Christian in its orientation, if you read Federalist Paper Number Fifty One, oh yeah, you'll be disabused of that notion. Yeah, so. we, if the if the if the country had not been founded by people who had the world view uh, that they did, people want to say, oh well, Thomas Jefferson was a deist, and various other people had these. Yeah, there were outliers. They were not all of exactly the same ilk, you wouldn't have expected that because they came from 13 very different colonies with very different backgrounds, some of them founded by certain sects, some of them founded by other sects, some of them founded by no particular religious sect at all. But nonetheless, they were all informed in in generally the same sort of perspective, the same worldview. And and if they had, if they had not shared that worldview, the country that we uh, have inherited from them would have been far less free and and far less prosperous and far less blessed, in my opinion, than than, than what we've been blessed completely, to, to. Completely agree. It, yeah. it's, a, it's a moment of American history. It's a moment of world history. And I've heard some a historian once say that if you took the same number of statesmen there were in 1776 and extrapolated that to 2022, you'd have to have about 500 people in 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 government of the quality of Hamilton or Je- Madison Jefferson. And we know that's not true. So it, yeah. it, it was a miracle. It was a miracle moment. Truly. It was. It was truly a miracle moment, and uh, and truly, I think, a, a moment of divine intervention, and 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 certainly God-inspired wisdom that 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 has borne uh, so much so much fruit, so much great fruit here on on this planet for so many people. Where else have so many people been lifted up out of out of poverty? And and how many times has the United States saved the world from 
from abject uh, dictatorship and totalitarianism. It's it, it's too many too much to even really take in at one time. So, but yeah, uh, if if people would read Federalist Fifty One, that th- that would be the beginning of the reading assignment to really understand uh, how we got here. And it's a great point. And by the way, congratulations to Brenda G from our text uh, list of deplorables. She is the winner. Willow also texted in with a with a um, uh, correct answer. But uh, Brenda, you were the first, so you are the winner of the One Nation Coffee prize pack look forward to sharing that with you if you'll text a uh if you'll actually text a number to us we don't see you but or give us your uh uh email information we'll shoot you the the prize uh information so josh let's um do this you have been attending i think a family conference in arizona you wanted to share some thoughts about where we are in the in the era of dobbs in a post row world what's your what are your thoughts on on where we are and and how we're moving forward beyond roe versus wade what's your thoughts on that subject so it's, it's interesting. It's a good segue from talking about the Federalist Papers, the vision of the founders, because what we're looking at right now, and we talked about this a lot over the past few days. I've, I've been kind of huddling with a group of House and Senate members from other state legislatures across the country. And what people don't understand is that we're in a, everybody, a lot of people say in the media, both on the right and the left, either whether they're for it or against it, that somehow Roe ended abortion in the United States. That is not true. Uh, I, I know I don't have to tell you that. You're an attorney, but... What it did, of course, is it returned the issue back to the states. What, Roe was essentially a power grab in 1973. There were about 37 states back in 1973 that had prohibitions against abortion as birth control, uh, and, and then the Supreme Court decided in 1973, all right, we're going to step in, and an unelected court decided to strike down the will of millions of voters and uh, hundreds of legislators across the United States and impose this made-up right to uh, abortion in the Constitution. And so what we've done now is that has been removed. We're back to where we were in 1973. So it's not that abortion is over. It's that we have gone back to where we were before the Supreme Court ruled in Roe in 73, which is the state-by-state decision. I look at this very much like, and that's what we were talking about in Arizona, uh, Reese, is we look at this very much like what happened around 1860. If you remember another Supreme Court decision around slavery was Dred Scott. Dred Scott decision decided to try to compromise on the slavery question and, and essentially yep. codified by an edict of the court that human beings were property. Of course, that's repugnant, reprehensible. Anybody in modern times would say that was evil. And yet, uh, even after the Civil War, it took constitutional amendments to ensure that the equality under the law occurred uh, and there was no slavery in the United States. So that's where we are right now. This question of, of, a, of abortion for means of birth control and the question of slavery very much, in my mind, are linked. Mm-hmm. Uh, those that support those that supported slavery were free. Those that support abortion were born. That's how oppression works, right? There's always the people who weren't, who are not the victims, but the ones doing the oppressing. So, what we're looking at now, California has a 92 billion dollar surplus. That's never happened. They got all this huge money from COVID, all these COVID programs from the federal government. Yeah, from the federal government. And so, what California is now doing the 92 billion dollar surplus. They didn't do what we just did. We just passed the largest tax uh, reduction in modern South Carolina history. I worked really hard on that with Senator Peeler, and we cut taxes by $2 billion bucks. They're not doing that in California. They're taking $92 billion and they're establishing an industry, uh, a, an abortion tourism industry. And I think that's too generous. I call it abortion trafficking. It's a trafficking industry. What they're doing is telling people out of state, in states like ours, if you can't get an abortion in South Carolina, we'll fly you out here. We'll pay for your airfare. We're going to pay for your hotel arrangements. We're going to pay for your abortion at Planned Parenthood. And by the way, this is the sickest part of all. We're going to cover the cost of childcare. So if you're a parent that has one child, you want to abort 
your child's sister or brother, they're going to pay for child care for your existing kid while you go to Planned Parenthood to get rid of the other one. And they're, this is what California is doing. And so, unfortunately, we're going to, and we're going to take serious steps in September to protect life in South Carolina. We already have. Mm-hmm. But it won't, mat- it won't matter that much if California said, hey, we'll fly you out here and you can hang out in Los Angeles and we'll get you an abortion. So we, we're now having to look at what do we do about that. Yep. And my encouragement, my encouragement is, as a state, we're going to have to sue California for, in my view, uh, trafficking of persons across state lines and see if we can get a 14th Amendment hearing in the Supreme Court. And if all else fails, and I'm, I'm certainly for this, we're going to have to have our legislature and others propose a 28th Amendment to the Constitution of the United States to end the Holocaust. Because we're in an 1860 moment here. You've got some free states and some not free states on the issue of abortion, and it's really going to get ugly. Mm. That is a fascinating question, because part of me says, you know, I'm thinking, I'm just thinking out loud, Josh, it is a, it is a uh, country where, you know, people are free to move uh, about, uh, you know, unrestricted travel amongst the states has always been a, a fundamental part of our liberty. If you, if you, I mean, and I get what you're saying, I'm just trying, I'm trying to sort all that out. That's a very complicated issue. When people start traveling to, uh, you know, have uh, an abortion or for whatever reason, to exercise rights that they might have in one state that they don't have in another state, and you start delving into why are you traveling from state A to state B, um, you know, that's that's an interesting question. That's going to be, that, that raises a lot well, of Well, that, that's going to be a constitutional question. And look, yeah. I'm, by the way, there, there are some folks in the state Senate who have proposed mm-hmm. trying to criminalize people for traveling and criminalize women, and I'm not for that, by the way. I want to be really clear. Mm-hmm. I'm not for prosecuting any, any, any woman. I'm not for prosecuting people for traveling, obviously. I believe in the freedom yeah. of travel. Oh, yeah. What I'm talking about is going after California. For, for providing what I think is a, is a criminal racket against citizens of our state, I don't yeah. mean go after the, our, I mean go after that state government. Yeah, I, I, and I think absolutely, and I and I and I think what you're seeing there is an intentional intent by one state to thwart the legislative regime and and sort of interfere with the sovereignty of another state, which is really a totally separate. You know what I mean? You're not talking about. Well, well, for example, I'm in Florida right now. Okay, I'm in Florida right now. Governor DeSantis is pushed for significant protections for life. And Governor Newsom, in the state where I'm standing this morning, Gavin Newsom of California has bought millions of dollars for television ads, running ads for Floridians to come to California to get taxpayer-funded abortions. That's what they're doing right now in this state. Yeah. And that won't be long before they do it in ours. I mean, I'm not for criminalizing any woman for traveling or anybody. I'm not saying let's check anybody's yeah. papers at the border. I, I think that's crazy. Yeah. Obviously, I don't support that. Yeah. I believe in the freedom of interstate commerce. But this is – we're talking about here an entire state government using federal money they got from other states well, and to there's subsidize a- an industry that will end human life. Because I mean, they're talking about paying for abortions. We're not talking about abortion uh, by birth control pill here. We're talking about because by the way, I'm for contraceptions. I just, I mean, there's a difference between a chemical abortion and a contraception, but we're not even talking about California paying for a chemical abortion. We're talking about California paying for abortion to the third trimester. Yeah. It's just reprehensible. Yeah. And, and I think there's another issue that I'd love to hear your thoughts on, Josh, which is this issue that many companies have come out and they've said, look, as part of our employee benefits now, if you live in South Carolina, we will, for instance, Dick Sporting Goods, many companies have made announcements along these lines as part of our employee benefits we will pay for your travel to a state where abortion is legal where 
health care is legal. They're calling it health care, which is the new the new euphemism. And and then you'll come back uh, after your abortion and your employer is going to pick up the tab. I, I have a real problem with that. And, and, and it may be that my only option is just not to shop at Dick's Sporting Goods or any other company that announces this kind of policy for its employees. But I think that's a real that's a conscious effort by the part of a corporation to thwart the the laws of a particular jurisdiction where it's where it's operating. No, I agree. I think that's a clear-cut example. I mean, you go back to the thorny constitutional questions, right? I mean, look, again, to reiterate one last time, nobody's talking about limiting freedom of travel in the California example, but the California government should be held accountable for what it's doing to our citizens. Likewise, what you've just promoted, what you've just talked about, by the way, with regard to employers providing this benefit, even though our state law is going to say you can't do it, I have no problem going and saying under South Carolina Department of Insurance you can't offer that here. I mean, if the employer wants to pay for it out of their own pocket and out of, in another state, there's not a whole lot we can do about it. But if it's on an insurance program that's under South Carolina's Department of Insurance, yes, we can do something about it. Yeah. And I sit on the Banking and Insurance Committee in the Senate, and I would certainly want to look into how we effectuate a change there. Because, I mean, we're not going to have South Carolina uh, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, and South Carolina insurance companies thwarting. And I'm not saying they are, by the way. Blue Cross, Blue Shield has not done that. But I don't want employers to go try to pressure an insurance company like Blue Cross Blue Shield of South Carolina to violate state law because we certainly will hold them accountable for doing that. Yeah, it's uh, it's really phenomenal, and and I, uh, I think we've got a, a lot of issues to unpack in this in this new you know in this new world that we're living in post row. Josh, we've got to go to a quick break. Can you stick with us and uh, and join us after the break for a few more questions? Yeah, absolutely. Happy to stick around. All right, folks, we're talking to Josh Kimbrell, Senator, member of the South Carolina General Assembly, and we'll be right back after these words from our sponsors with more Saturday morning coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. Don't leave town. Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. More Reese coming up next on Talk 94.5. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee. And we're talking today with Greg Sisson of the Greg Sisson Real Estate Team. Greg, a question that's on a lot of people's minds is what's going on with this real estate market? Is there a bubble? Do you see a crash coming or a rise in foreclosures? That's the question people want to know, Reese, foreclosures, are they coming? Well, 82% of all the folks that were in forbearance coming into COVID are out of forbearance, meaning they've worked it out with their lender. The remaining 18% that haven't, they have massive equity in their home. So even if they can't make their payment, they're able to sell their property and still put money in their pocket. So no, we don't see a foreclosure crisis coming. But call me to talk about your situation. Reach Greg and the Greg Sisson team, EXP Realty at 843-251-2693 or reach them online at gregsisson.com. It's Greg Sisson and the Greg Sisson team, your choice for real estate experts here along the Grand Strand. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee here on Talk 94.5. I'm also a practicing attorney with the firm of Davis and Boyd, Attorneys at Law. You can tune in to Talk 94.5 every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 for all the great conservative talk and content that you've come to expect on Saturday Morning Coffee. But for all of your personal and business legal needs, I hope that you will give us a call at Davis and Boyd to discuss how we can assist you from business litigation, business consulting, 
consulting, estate planning, personal injury, including motor vehicle collisions, probate litigation, trust disputes, whatever your litigation or other legal needs may be, give us a call to see if our legal team of professionals at Davis and Boyd can assist you with those needs. Call me, Reese Boyd, at 843-839-9800 or reach us online at davisboydlaw.com. It's Davis and Boyd, attorneys at law, ready to be your choice for lawyers here on the Grand Strand. Thanks for waking up with Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice at the same old lies, if you're trying to feel the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life If you got pain He's a pain taker If you feel lost He's a way maker If you need freedom Save it He's a prison shaking savior If you got chains He's a chain breaker Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, talking here this morning with Senator Josh Kimbrell. Josh is a member of the South Carolina Senate, joining us here on Saturday Morning Coffee to talk about uh, Roe versus Wade's repeal and the life under the Dobbs decision and how we will sort these matters out after we return the issue to the states where they where they should have been all along, frankly. And uh, we've created a, a long period of time, Josh, where we've put a you know, as you said, you made a great analogy to Dred Scott. You know, many people will say that, you know, the Supreme Court got it completely wrong in Dred Scott, as you alluded to. I've read in, in more than one place that some folks have, have, have speculated that if it had not been for the Dred Scott decision, uh, that the Civil War might have been averted, that the political debate would have been more open, more, um, you know, effective for lack of a better word, perhaps, possibly. And we might have been able to avert the Civil War, but what the, what the Dred Scott decision was is it, 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 it like put that debate inside a pressure cooker by declaring unequivocally that a human being can be and is personal property in that particular instance. Um, it, it created a, a, there was no incentive for anybody to debate because the Supreme Court had said, no, this is property. You guys, and, and, and obviously that was dreadfully wrong. Um, it, it's certainly looking at it in hindsight, it was dreadfully wrong, but it but it probably did not help us avoid the Civil War. It probably pushed us in that direction. And in the same way, in my opinion, Roe versus Wade has put a, a it's like put the debate inside a pressure cooker for 50 years. We've not really had uh, much in the way of ability to address these issues and to debate them as a culture and as a society because the Supreme Court squashed all that with Roe versus Wade. I think that's entirely accurate. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that ultimately. Even even uh, former Supreme Court Justice Brandeis, Lewis Brandeis, who hardly was a conservative, he wouldn't have been on our side, yeah. uh, would ultimately, ultimately talk about this notion of uh, laboratories of democracy, that the various states were laboratories for policy. In other words, and that was part of the genius of the founders about diffusing political power, that most decisions, under the framers' vision, most decisions that would affect your daily life were going to be made in your state, not in Washington. Unfortunately, of course, we've seen that trend of more consolidated power, not only in Washington, but also inside the federal court and the executive branch. We've seen power grabs by 
the federal versus the state, and then the executive and judiciary versus the legislature. That is really not what the founders intended. They intended no. uh, the decisions to be made at the, at the state level wherever possible, and that even the federal decisions that the Constitution gave to the federal government would ultimately still be handled predominantly by the Congress, by the legislature, by the legislative. And we've seen an erosion on both of those. Really, what we've got to have here is a conversation nationally, as we just had this week in Arizona, as I mentioned, about what do we as states do to hold other states, i.e. California, accountable when they try to push poisonous policies on everybody else. Because ultimately, I believe that uh, this notion of, a, of, a, of late-term abortion, like slavery, uh, will ultimately be nationally abolished. I think that'll eventually happen. Yeah. Uh, there's always going to be a debate, and I'm not, look, I'm pro-life all the way, but I'm saying there's always going to be debate about those early weeks. People are always going to debate that. I believe life begins at conception. That's my view. But I understand that there's going to be people who are going to argue that in other states. But when we start talking about late, uh, after 10, 15 weeks, you've got heartbeat, you've got a developed neuro, 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 neurological system, skeletal system. I mean, this is a human being without any debate for anybody. And we have to, I think nationally, the, the long-term trend is that's going to, that's going to end. The last states that are going to keep pushing this, this garbage are California and New York and those kinds of places. And that's what we all got to worry about. We have to worry about that in South Carolina, because while we take steps as the legislature to protect life, California is going to actively recruit citizens from our state to go there and do and, and do what we're trying to stop. Yeah. They're doing it in Florida, where I am right now. I mean, I'm here for a conference uh, with Governor DeSantis. I'll be seeing the governor later. And because we're talking about a whole range of things, whether it's tax cuts. You know, look, I'm a fiscal, social, conservative, both. And I, I told the, the folks on the DeSantis team here, I was talking to the governor's legislative director here in Florida last night. I said, look, my job in South Carolina is to make sure that your governor doesn't have all the fun. Uh, we're not letting Florida have all the fun here in terms of national policy. We want to make sure South Carolina is up there in the mix. Amen. But in this state, in this state where I am right now, you got the governor of California running millions of dollars with a television ad telling Floridians, hey, we'll pay for you to come on out here and get an abortion. I mean, how crazy is that? That's yeah. what the governor of California is doing. And, and he wants to be president, by the way. He would like to take his vision, what he's done to California, he would love to be able to try to do uh, to the country, which I don't we think— We literally he, cannot afford that. We yeah. literally cannot afford it. Yeah. So uh, you, this is a segue into one of the last questions. We've got a couple more minutes, Josh. We'll have to let you go. By, by the way, if you run into our uh, uh, a good friend in Florida who listens to the show, Paul Renner, he's a legislator— down in Florida, if you run into Representative Renner, let him know the folks at Saturday Morning Coffee and Reese Boyd said hello. And, of course, say hello to uh, Governor DeSantis. We've been trying to get him on the show. We'd love to chat with him at some point on Saturday Morning Coffee. But uh, one of the things— I'll make a plug for both. I'll yeah, make a plug with both. We appreciate that. One of the things you were mentioning to me earlier was that the Florida's doing something on the parental rights front that you thought would be interesting to, to share. Well, look, you see what's happening. The reason that Glenn Youngkin is the governor of Virginia right now is because parents during COVID realized that their kids are being taught a lot of stuff that has little to do with education and a lot to do with indoctrination. And, uh, and Glenn Youngkin became governor really because of that. I've heard people refer to this as a COVID-16-19 moment. Pretty clever play on words that during the COVID pandemic, when everybody's kids had to come and be homeschooled for a while, people started reading what their kids are learning. And, and we're teaching five-year-olds about uh gender fluidity. We're talking to five-year-olds about the country being inherently racist and irre- irredeemable, that Marxism is good. I mean, these are crazy things. And and look, in our state, most of our educators and most of our school administrators are, are good folks, particularly there in Ori, where you are and where I represent up in the other state. Good, good people. It's not the folks that are working in the school, by and large, in our state that are the problem. It's the curricula 
that's coming down from groups like the National Education Association uh, and others. I mean, the National Education Association, in their annual meeting two weeks ago, actually came out and changed a resolution to say they could no longer refer to moms and dads uh, in terms of parents in a school system. They refer to the person, to mom as a birthing person. Okay, that's how crazy they've gotten. Oh, yeah. And so, and so what the governor of Florida has done here, and, uh, and, and, with, and I met with a member of the House of Representatives of Florida who authored a bill very similar to what I've introduced in South Carolina. We're basically saying if you're from kindergarten through elementary school, you're not going to teach any kind of sex ed, not just gender fluidity or LGBT. You're not talking about any of it, none of it, because they're too young to know these things. I didn't talk to my five-year-old about sex, uh, even heterosexual sex. You just don't talk about that with a kindergartner. No. So we're taking a strong stand saying we're not going to do that in South Carolina like they've not done it in Florida. We're also going to take strong stands against this idea of parents not being given access to what their kids are learning. If you look at certain states, there have been a number of states across the country, some which would be considered Republican states, but mostly the blue ones, where, where parents have gone in and asked their school administrator or teacher for a copy of the curriculum their kids being taught in social studies or something like that, for example, and they're being denied access to it. So what we're going to do is what Florida did, and that is, we're going to get this crazy stuff out of the hands of kindergartners. We're going to make sure parents have an absolute right to know what their kids are being taught, and they have a right to speak at school board meetings. So we're going to put parents in charge of their kids' education. Yeah, and they are not domestic terrorists, by the way. That's uh, By no means. By, by no, no means. means. Parent trying to control their child's education is not, by definition, a terrorist of any sort, domestic or otherwise. And I think that's one of the great unintended blessings of the COVID era, Josh, is that parents have had a peek behind the curtain. And they've seen what's been going on and what is happening in public education. And they're they're woke. They've been woken up, which was not a bad the thing. Irony is the irony is they're woke to the woke. It's the idea that yeah. you know God uses that which is intended for evil to, for good. That was a lesson from Genesis that's happening right now in America. Amen. Amen. Well, Josh, we always appreciate your uh, perspective on things. You keep us informed, particularly on these matters that relate to pro-life and other uh, related issues. And, and thanks for all the work you're doing in the General Assembly, fighting the, the fight for the family and for physical conservatism and all the great things you do. Uh, enjoy your visit with uh, DeSantis and, and let us know how that goes. Uh, come back on the show anytime. I will tell him he needs to join the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, too. I'll make sure the governor calls you. Amen. We'll look, we'll look forward to that. Thanks, Josh. Good to talk to you, as always. Take care Thank and uh, keep in touch. Okay, come back soon. Folks, it's, jo- it's Josh Kimbrell, South Carolina State Senator, and we'll be right back after these words from our sponsors with Bill Brennan, who will be joining us here in the studio for a uh, parting segment here on Saturday Morning Coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. Don't leave town. talk Saturday morning coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee. And we're talking today with Greg Sisson with the Greg Sisson Real Estate Team, your local experts here along the Grand Strand. And Greg, folks are asking a lot about these interest rates. Everybody knows that interest rates are climbing. What is that doing to the local real estate market here along the Grand Strand? That's a great question, Reese, because rates going from three to five is a big jump. And what's interesting is for a buyer, instead of five buyers for every house, now maybe there's three. So there's less competition for you as a buyer. And as a seller, we still have a one month supply of inventory. By definition, red hot market, just not the frenzy it was. But call me to talk about your situation. 
Reach Greg and the Greg Sisson Team EXP Realty at 843-251-2693 or reach them online at gregsisson.com. It's Greg Sisson and the Greg Sisson Team, your choice for real estate experts here along the Grand Strand. Hey, it's Glenn Dye from the weekends here on Talk. If you missed this weekend's Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hours, you can listen to the podcast anytime. Check out the all-new Talk945.com website and scroll down to podcast. You'll be able to listen to the newest Saturday Morning Coffee and other weekend shows. Plus, there's links to Liz Calloway's and Nick Summers' most recent podcast, too. Saturday Morning Coffee, the podcast. Always available now on our new website, Talk945.com. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee here on Talk 94.5. I'm also a practicing attorney with the firm of Davis and Boyd, Attorneys at Law. You can tune in to Talk 94.5 every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 for all the great conservative talk and content that you've come to expect on Saturday Morning Coffee. But for all of your personal and business legal needs, I hope that you will give us a call at Davis and Boyd to discuss how we can assist you. From business litigation, business consulting, estate planning, personal injury, including motor vehicle collisions, probate litigation, trust disputes, whatever your litigation or other legal needs may be, give us a call to see if our legal team of professionals at Davis and Boyd can assist you with those needs. Call me, Reese Boyd, at 843-839-9800 or reach us online at davisboydlaw.com. It's Davis and Boyd, attorneys at law, ready to be your choice for lawyers here on the Grand Strand. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour, two full hours on Talk 94.5. Pamela's in the wilderness, can't follow me. Get a little restless from the search and get a little worn down in between. Bull chasing the mad dog, man left his own ski. Everybody needs someone beside him, shining like a light out from the sea. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. You've uh, done it again, spent two valuable hours with Saturday Morning Coffee here on your Saturday morning. You've made it to the parting wisdom segment of Saturday Morning Coffee. And appropriately enough, we're joined here in the studio uh, for this parting wisdom segment by William Brennan. William is the president of Resilient Infrastructure Group. William is a, Bill is a regular listener and a, a contributor to the show from time to time. He's a dial-in guest uh, for the Liz Calloway Morning Show. I've heard him on the air and I had the pleasure of meeting you, Bill, at the uh, birthday party. I met you for the first time in person at Liz Calloway's birthday party this week. So, and we had a great conversation. I was I was just fascinated by some of your observations. You got a, 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 a an incredible background, incredible mind. And one of the things I've been uh, wanting to talk about is a little more of these science issues, sure. climate change, and and you know. And so, welcome to the program. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. And so, uh, one of the things I'm concerned about, Bill, is we say this all the time: you mix politics with football, you get politics. You mix politics with science or medicine, you get politics. Right. And and what we've been doing, it seems in this country of late, is mixing politics with science, and science is is being overrun by political dogma and political agendas. Well, it's the funding. And that's where you've got to take a look and say, where, where, follow the money and where are the scientists getting the funding from? Yeah. And whether that comes from private organizations or the government, uh, those folks have 
in their mind, their own agenda and which direction they want to take this. And clearly what we've come across um, with regards to climate change and, and everything that we've been through with global warming, you, you see that right now. And yeah. when politics enter into the equation and politicians are leading the conversation about it, yeah. They're probably the least qualified to do that. We need to take it back and say, who are the real underlying scientists, the people that are taking a look at this objectively and without you yeah. know, the big dollars coming their way? It has been, as we talked about, it, it's been science that has, that has paved the way for technological advances and things that have truly raised our standard of living in, in, in vast ways, right. it's a, a, a previously unimaginable leaps in, 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 in standards of living that we've achieved in this country. And it seems whether you're talking about vaccines and the vaccine mandates and the response to the COVID pandemic or the, the larger and the, the more long running issue of global warming is that science is now driven by dogma. It's almost like it's a contradiction in terms. Correct. And, and really, when you take a look at, at global you know, climate change and global warming, whatever nomenclature you want to put on this, it's become really a religion with a, num- a number of folks out there. And they're repeating what they've heard along the way. So, you know, from that perspective, Reese, um, people need to, to read. They really need to put their head into the book and say, all right, what are the varying opinions on this? Why do they exist? Yeah. And, you know, come to their own conclusions. I mean, trust your gut instinct on this. And, you know, your listeners, it's a great group down here in the Myrtle Beach area. And so uh, it's a lot of smart people down here that can make up their mind for themselves. Yeah. Do you feel like we're making progress on the global warming issue? Are, is science coming around? Is there is there truth that will come to the fore? A truth always comes to the fore. So, I mean, in the end, truth always wins out. Yeah. So from that perspective, you're starting to see that community fight back a little bit. And and there's certain people there that are saying that we're going into a cooling period with the grand minimum and that the sun is going to emit less UV rays, the magnetism goes down. And if we enter into that type of situation over the next 30 years, you're going to see something that could be even a little bit of a the, you know, the little ice age that we saw back between 1645 and 1710. Yeah, I feel like we could use a good ice age. I just hope they don't destroy the country before we get there. <laughs> If we could keep everything on freeze right now, yeah. that'd be great. I hope our president quarantines for the next 912 days. That's I, That would be a blessing. I mean, you complain about <laughs> gasoline. I mean, don't forget, we were energy independent when he got here. We complain about $8 a gallon gasoline. They say, shut up and buy your electric car. Right. You know, it's... Uh, so. Which is unrealistic. Well... Bill, we could do a whole show on global warming. Happy to come back. Or the response to the pandemic. So I want you to come back on the show when we've got some more time. Good deal. Thanks. So, folks, it's Bill Brennan. Let me leave you with this bit of great wisdom from the Proverbs. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. That's Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. You guys have a great week. Be blessed. We'll see you next week for more Saturday Morning Coffee. WTKN, Merle's Inlet, Myrtle Beach. This is the home of the Liz Callaway Show with Nick Summers on Talk 94.5. Thanks for waking up with Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5.